I think you have to be quite vocal. So I'd say, yeah. right, we're going to try this. Well, where did you learn that? I don't know. It's just coming to my head. Let's give it a go. <laughs> because I don't want to be restricted just to one position. Mm. We like having sex together. Yeah. And I don't want to just be missionary the whole time because that's, that's a bit dull and boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Ostomy Podcast, a series for ostomates where we tackle the topics that affect your life. From nutrition and exercise to relationships, sex and self-confidence. You'll hear Ostomates sharing real-life experiences, supported with advice from lifestyle experts and our very own team of nurses. This podcast is created by Fittleworth, one of the largest home delivery services of medical devices like stoma pouches and catheters. We're here to help you reconnect with yourself and live life to the full. Hello and welcome to our podcast series for Ostomates that aims to answer the questions that those with a stoma want the answers to most and maybe even the questions you didn't know to ask. I'm Charlene Douglas, a relationship therapist that works with individuals and couples. This is the second episode now with our guest Justine, who's talking candidly about what it's like for a female ostomate to have sex after stoma surgery. Justine, thanks so much for joining us again. (laughs) How are you? Yeah, good, thank you. So, Justine, uh, last time we spoke about the first time you had sex after your stoma surgery. So I'm keen for us to pretty much jump right back into where we left off. Once you've got past that first time of being sexually intimate with your partner, where do you go from there? What does that journey then look like? Um, it's probably an, an understanding from your partner that just because you've done it once, it doesn't mean you're going to be back in the full swing immediately. Mm. Um, and being allowed the time to, I want to say rest between each session, but you know what I mean? You know, you don't want to be honeymoon phase and at it at all hours because your body has been through a traumatic experience. Right. So it's taking it very, very slowly, one step at a time and communicating with each other about what you need going forward. So it might be that I'd say, I quite liked how we did it the first time, but I'd like to try something slightly different. Or I don't think we're going to be able to do it in the way that we used to, but shall we try a different position? Yeah. So it's it's keeping those lines of communication open with your partner and telling them that you're concerned or you're worried or you're nervous and not just laying there thinking of England and thinking, I can't do this, I can't do this. Say you can't do this. Mm. So you've spoken quite openly about the importance of, and rightly so, the importance of clear communication with your partner. And Kevin was quite receptive to that. What did you think he might be feeling during this time? I think he was, I felt that he was eager to get going because it had been so long that he wanted to be back in the saddle as it were yeah (laughs) but talking to him about it afterwards I think he was probably just as nervous as I was he didn't want to hurt me Mm. he didn't want to cause me any pain he didn't want to make anything that was still healing become like an open wound because you've you've got stomach you've had stomach surgery you your stomach's knitting back together again he didn't want to cause anything untoward to happen so I think he was probably just as nervous as I was yeah, and did you have any worries that 
he perhaps wasn't coping with this very well. So you said that he was perhaps a bit anxious, but were there any worries about kind of what he would see that might put him off or what were your thoughts about that? Um, There's a certain amount of that because your body is different. It looks different. Mm. You're still the essence of you. You just have something on your tummy. There are smaller devices I could use for intimate moments. Yeah. But the way my stoma works that's not feasible they'd feel too quick so he 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 just got on with it it's just I didn't feel particularly attractive or sexy or but I knew I wanted to have sex Mm. but he didn't make me feel any less you know he was kind and considerate and caring yeah and he still made me feel that he wanted me so there was no worries on that score it's just all in it was all in my mind that my body looks different and (laughs) I've got a bag of poo potentially on my stomach right and and did Kevin ever see that and if he did do you feel like that had any kind of impact on the sexual connection between the two I mean we've been he's been there all the way through so he was there when I had the first stoma the temporary one back in 2013 so it's not a new thing at all for us. Mm. But he, I think he dealt with it easier than I did because, as I said before, he was happy that I was just there. He doesn't, he doesn't notice it. That's not all I am. Yeah. I'm not just a stoma. Mm. And it doesn't really matter yeah. to him because it's still me. I think that's such an important message that you are not your stoma. No. And I think that that can be really difficult for some people because it can kind of overshadow so many parts of your life. And it did for me for the first month or so. It's like, oh, that's all anybody's ever going to see now is my stoma bag. Mm. But if I walk past you in the street, you wouldn't know. You can't see it. You can't smell it. No. But that needed to, although I was accepting of the surgery and accepting of the stoma it's still an outward change. It's mm. like if I'd broken a leg, I'd know I'd broken my leg, so you get on with it. Yeah. Whereas my Crohn's was always hidden because you can't see it. So having the stoma on my stomach was a, a, an open and everyday reminder that I have an dis- uh, inflammatory bowel disease, which has caused me to lose my rectum and my anus and my colon. Mm. But the stoma, it doesn't define who I am. Yeah. Although I tell everybody I've got one, I'm quite open. <laughs> but... To Kevin, I'm no different. And he'd say the same. Yeah. You're still my wife. You're still the woman I married. So. Mm. And so, you know, we spoke a little bit earlier about sort of the first time you'd had sex and there'd been some anxiety yeah. in the space, but with clear communication, you guys had a good time. Yeah. Was there then an expectation that maybe you put on yourself? in terms of frequency like wow I'm gonna have to do this again yeah um it was all all my side you know he just feels lucky if he gets any (laughs) me I'm like oh crikey he's gonna want that again in a minute isn't he because you know but there was no pressure and it was led by me and my needs and my desires with 18 months down the line now he's a bit more forthcoming with shall we and we want them you know but in those first few months that was me driving that relationship and Mm. although I was worried that we weren't doing it enough he was very reassuring and said look it doesn't matter we go at your pace yeah and so how do you introduce new things that you want to maybe try 
I think you have to be quite vocal. So I'd say, yeah. right, we're going to try this. Well, where did you learn that? I don't know. It's just coming to my head. Let's give it a go. <laughs> because I don't want to be restricted just to one position. Mm. We like having sex together. Yeah. I'm, we're 48, it's 52. We're not dead. And we've got a long, hopefully another long part of our marriage to come. And I don't want to just be missionary the whole time because that's, that's a bit dull and boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so you want to try out new uh, yeah. things. Yeah. There are certain positions I can't get into because it just hurts with the surgery that I've had. So with the removal of my anus and my rectum, yeah. putting it bluntly, being on all, all fours is not comfortable. Right. Um, yeah. So we've had to look at things in a different way. And we've now got two <laughs> two positions that we go for. Yeah. But that was trial and error and we'll continue trial and error. We might think, oh, let's see if we do it slightly differently. Yeah. But And of course what you're talking about there is I suppose different ways of having penetrative yeah. sex. But Or even not having penetrative right. sex. Yeah. So there are other things that you yeah. can do where you can be intimate with one another and have lots of fun. Let's talk about your sex drive though. <laughs> I mean if you <laughs> I'm hearing the giggle. So would you say that your sex drive has changed throughout this process? Yes. In the last eighteen months I'm probably back to where we I was. 15 years ago. Wow. Where okay. I'd, you know, we do it enough times during the week, but whereas before that was probably once a couple of times a month, just because of the sheer pain and the discomfort and the whole, ugh, you know, the having to plan things. But now it's certainly easier that we're on our own at home and it's back. It's at a comfortable level, a level that I'm happy with and I hope at a level that he's happy with. Not that he'd ever tell me that he wasn't. <laughs> he'd never go, oh, we're not getting enough. Yeah. But <laughs> I am open to him saying now more more readily, mm. do you want a quick Sunday afternoon cuddle? All right then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like you guys are super comfortable with each other. So even if you didn't want to have sex, it's not like you would feel... Oh, I have to. Yeah. No. Yeah. And that's the thing, isn't it? That pressure is off. So yes. you can just be playful and have fun with each other. What would you say you do sort of for yourself to feel to feel sexy? I mean, I've got a drawer full of undies and he keeps going, oh, I haven't seen that for a while. <laughs> well, putting pressure on me to put them on doesn't make me feel sexy. Right. I have to feel in the moment I feel quite sexy. Yeah. There are times when I feel like we better get this done because if I don't I'm gonna you know I need to do it now mm-hmm. but it's usually when I'm relaxed if I'm not stressed and it might be that we'll go shall we do it tonight and we'll go yeah right then and then there's a whole anticipation through the day right and then yeah. he actually um saw a competition for a local photographer who was offering ball gown or boudoir shots you could pick yeah for somebody that had perhaps lost their self-confidence or their belief in themselves. And he sent the Facebook message in and I won. I was a bit, (laughs) okay. I mean, I I toyed with the idea of going and having some FU pictures of me at my stoma. Yeah. And he got that he won this thing and off I went. It was actually a year after I had surgery. So it was almost like a nice anniversary thing. Right. And 
worked with a local photographer who we started off in jeans and shirt and then I moved on to a dress that I feel comfortable in and then he'd said right do you want to do boudoir shots and I said well, I'm not I'm not entirely sure he said bring a robe we'll go at your pace again like go at your pace I'm not a confident person with my body the only person I'm confident with is my husband because he's seen me in all different shapes yeah and I didn't believe that I could look nice because I've never felt that I could look nice I was just kind of I don't do makeup I don't really do my hair I, I tend to just put clothes on for the sake I've got to stay warm and not be naked yeah um so we did this photo shoot and as the, the afternoon and or the morning and the afternoon went on the photographer made me feel so comfortable there was never any pressure for me to whap the baps out as it were it was all at my my pace and I wanted some nice pictures for my husband so I'd got my robe on and some cheeky ones over the shoulder and then before we'd done the photo shoot the photographer had said right when you sent me some mood boards of things that you would like us to aim for so that was quite a big step was fully removing my robe so I was in bra pants and stockings for the first time in matching lingerie for <laughs> heaven knows how long and oh. feeling confident enough to stand there with my bag on full show oh. and all the lumps and bumps. Wow. And how did that feel for you to do that? I come out of there feeling 17 foot tall. Oh. Oh, I was just like, I did it. Oh, I took my clothes amazing. off in front of a different man and oh, I haven't wow. died. <laughs> God, that sounds amazing. I mean, I don't know if I'd be confident to do to do that. And so good on you for, for being able to do that. And it sounds like it really made you feel empowered and super sexy. It did. Good. And reminded you that you are a sexual person and, and that you are sexy. Yes. And that's good. It's a good feeling. It kind of sounds like you've been on, on quite a journey where it didn't maybe always feel like that for you, no. like that kind of feeling sexy. What would you say are some of your sort of tips for people listening in terms of how they get to, I suppose, how they get to that stage where they're <laughs> <Get to, laughs> feeling mad enough to take their yeah, clothes off in front of someone. Have pictures <laughs> taken? Um, I think for me, first of all, is the acceptance that... I can't grow back an anus and a rectum and get rid of my stoma. My stoma is now part of me. Mm. It's part of my story going forward. And I think because I'd seen the other side back in 2013 where I didn't accept my stoma bag, there was no way I'd have even considered having a photo, even a non-sexy photo shoot done. Mm. But because the acceptance from myself was there, the acceptance from Kevin and the support of the stoma nurses the support of the Ostomate community, um, community on Twitter. I'm a, there's a big community of us on there. And just being open and learning to love this body that I've now got, mm. I probably love it more than I did before. Oh, wow. Because I really? feel so much better. Yeah. And I think that's a big part as well. Mm. I'm mentally accepting of it. I'm mentally thinking, so yeah, I've got a stoma bag. That appeals to my sense of lazy because I don't have to keep going to the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> so I can yeah. just sit there. Yeah. I'm going now. Yeah. And <laughs> and it's just, I get on with stuff. Yeah. You know, we're able to plan things. We could never plan things before when I had, before I had my stoma. I couldn't leave the house. Or if we went out for dinner, we had to be 20 minutes away max so I could eat, pay and get home. Right. I don't have to worry about that now. Yeah. And so... Because your body change, your your outlook on life changes, 
I think you, you become more settled in your own skin, or I certainly have. And so I'm now almost got a, a second chance of a life because I, don't, I feel for the last 20 odd years I was robbed because I was always in pain or constantly on the mm-hmm. toilet. And now we've got stuff planned. We would never have planned. We're going on a, a big holiday that we certainly couldn't have ever contemplated before. Mm. But it's just the acceptance and speaking to people and feeling yeah. open that you or feeling that you're able to speak to people openly. Mm. And I think the more people talk about stomas and the more people share that they've got a stoma, it takes down the, you know, the the barrier of oh, you, you can't talk about that. You can't mm. talk about poo. You can't talk about stomas. Yes, you can. We all yeah. go to the toilet. It's just yeah. some of us do it in a slightly different way. Right. Yeah. So I suppose it takes away that stigma around it, yeah. doesn't it? I suppose that's that's what you mean there, yeah. right? It takes yeah, that stigma yeah. away from it and kind of normalises exactly. something that we all do. Yes. You know, what you're saying, though, is that, yeah, of course, if you've got a stoma, then you... Uh, you go poo in a different way like yeah. you know that and that's just done in a different way and there might be some planning that you have to do yeah. around it but you know with a, a secure and firm uh, relationship you know you can do that with someone yeah you know and, and have the support uh, with someone and maybe get to a stage where you're in lingerie taking photos exactly of yourself, <laughs> which is like which is yeah which is as you've described is so empowering empowering yeah I suppose before we go, is there anything else that you feel like? I know we've sort of covered every possible topic when it comes to sex and intimacy. Probably not to be embarrassed when you're in the throes of passion and your bag suddenly decides to do a big (laughs) windy belch. Has that happened? Yes. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) But it's Kev. I mean, he he gets out of bed, he rolls out of bed in the morning and you know, passes wind. It's just part of being married, isn't it? (laughs) So I couldn't imagine what it's like dating somebody and having sex with someone new for the first time mm. and then the gurgling starts but yeah just, you know with him it's all right yeah <laughs> there's something about being in a relationship where yes. you know each other you've been yeah. together for so long that you know those kind of natural noises yeah. it's just no big deal exactly yeah and you're right I suppose it's a different conversation isn't it yeah. when you have just met someone you know how you have those conversations which I think will definitely be the title of one of our <laughs> next podcasts you know just looking into that so just my final question Justine so what next for you so what would you like to try I suppose sexually that you haven't yet where do you want to go I mean we won't tell anyone it'll just be okay. between us two okay we did have oral sex again for the first <gasps> time this weekend yay <laughs> I feel like I want to clap <laughs> yeah I did <laughs> you had just in case they, like not that anyone's listening but just in case anyone might want yeah. to hear what you said there so you had oral sex for yeah. the first time and was that something that you kind of I was very anti very very anti okay. because with the anal <laughs> gross the anal discharge and the fistula into my um, vagina yeah it even when you're clean there are like you are not I don't want you going there you right know, I don't know what's going to happen yeah and I just said to him at the weekend, do you know what I really miss? And he said, well, I went, well, I'm going to have a bath and I'm going to call you up. And we did it. Yay! (laughs) And what was that like for you? Was it just as exciting, if not more? Or was it sort of anxiety provoking for you? A bit of both. I quite enjoyed it and I was a bit worried. But after I was like... (sighs) (laughs) Big sigh of relief. (laughs) Was Kevin happy? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he said one or two things that I shan't divulge. 
And do you feel like this will be like something that you will keep as part yes. of your sexual yeah. world now? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No going back. Excellent. I think what's so lovely about this, it, it really does show your journey yeah. that, you know, it started off maybe a little bit hesitant. Let's have a conversation. Let's see where we go from here. Is there going to be pain? And then get into the stage where you're trying out new things. Yeah. And I think what's really powerful as well is, is the fact that you're listening to what your body needs and you're responding yeah. to it at the right time. So you're not pushing yourself to do things exactly. that you're not ready for. Yeah. It feels like with oral sex, it felt like you'd got to a stage where it's like, okay, well, we're ready for this now. Yeah. And and you were both ready for it and had a really yeah. good time, <laughs> which, is, which is fantastic. Thank you so much. You're this welcome. has been so enlightening just listening to you speak. I could talk to you forever. It's so, it's just fascinating. Um, yeah, please do join us again. You know, it's been really, really great. And, you know, completely wish you uh, the very best with your relationship with Kev. And say hi to Kev for me. I will me. do. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you take care now. Thank you. Thanks, Jesse. So, guys, I'm afraid that's all we've got time for this episode. I think that what's important to recognise with all of this is how much what is normal varies between couples. There's, there's no one-size-fits-all solution. But what is key is finding ways to communicate about how you're feeling and knowing where to go for further help and support that you might need. Your stoma nurse can point you in the right direction for all resources and support groups, so it's really important to ask. We'd love for you to get in touch and let us know the topics you'd like to hear us cover. If you do have any questions or you would like to put yourself forward as a guest for a future episode, see the show notes about how to get in touch with us. Thank you for listening. You were listening to The Ostomy Podcast, brought to you by Fittleworth and Charlene Douglas and produced by Shoot. If you've been affected by any of the topics raised in this episode, you'll find a range of free access support lines in the show notes. For further information and advice on living with a stoma, please visit fittleworth.com, where you'll find a variety of support packs covering a whole host of topics. And if you're listening on Spotify, make sure you subscribe to get notified of new episodes. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.